through the Hebrew alphabet. And my reason for this, the reason for this is not that you're going to know Hebrew at the end of this. You're not going to, I'm not going to teach you all the grammar and if you want to know the vocabulary, you're going to have to work on that on your own. But when we look at the Genesis in a few weeks, um, and we're actually, we're going to actually pause at each, uh, not each, but several different words as we go through this. And I'm going to be talking about the Hebrew. And I don't want you guys picking your noses, going, I don't know what he's talking about, and ignoring me. You'll at least be able to say, well, I've, I've seen the letterings, I know what he's seeing, and you'll be able to figure stuff out from there. That's the goal with this, is you'll at least be able to work through your things. Uh, so I've planned out the first one, Hebrew alphabet. We'll go th th today, and if we need to, next week as well, if we need to. I think we can get through it today, but if we can't, uh, we'll do it next week. Uh, then we'll be doing some intro work on uh, Genesis, our ideas of Genesis, our encyclopedias of Genesis. And then I'm going to pause, before we even get into Genesis 1, I'm going to get something out of the way that I, we just need to get it out of the way. And that's, we're going to be looking at uh, young earth creationism, old earth creationism, uh, Christian evolutionist, and the hundred, a thousand years a day is a day uh, viewpoints. I'm just going to get all that out of the way because these things... Those points of views are actually going to distract us from what Genesis is actually trying to do. And so I want to just talk about them. You guys can decide where you want to be on that subject. And then we can talk about what the Bible actually says. All right? So that's okay. And then we're going to, and then we will start with the first word of the Hebrew Bible, Bereshit. And we're going to look at some, the outline, we're going to look at the, the literary design of it, it's beautifully written. Um, it's, it's got, it's a, uh, the person or people that wrote Genesis uh, won in its final form. Because it, you know, it, it, it's written over a period of time. Um, just absolutely amazing what they do with it. It's, it's gorgeous. Absolutely. My personal favorite book of the Bible. I think if we can get Genesis chapter 1 down, the rest of the Bible starts falling into place. But some of the problems we have with the rest of the Bible is because we've got Genesis chapter 1 out of place. Um, Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. If, I mean, when I'm going through my Bible studies, more, so many times I go back to Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. Like everything comes back to that. It's just so amazing. And Jesus himself goes back to it so much. So that's, uh, so that's the kind of the outline, the plan. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm writing this as we go. So um, yeah, that'll be fun. Not my preferred method, but it's the way it's going to happen. Um, so we'll see what happens as we go. But um, let's begin today with a word of prayer. And then uh, we'll talk about the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, Father God, Lord, we just praise you today, Lord. We pray that we may engulf ourselves in the Hebrew language which you have chosen to, to convey your message through. As you have blessed your scriptures through the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, to us today, help us just to be immersed in your word 
and, and see it for what it is and, and learn the message behind it and just be amazed by your workings as we look at this passage. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. So how many of you guys have looked at the Hebrew alphabet before? Now we got one back there, two over here. Yeah, yeah I, I've taken a few classes on it. Um, it's, uh, it's amazing, the Hebrew alphabet. Um, when we read the scriptures, it's hard for us. We, I mean, we grow up reading it in English, right? That's, and we argue about which translation is the best, you know, which, which version of the Bible, like King James or NIV or CSB or LEB. Or, and we can name a thousand different. But in reality, those are all just translations. The Hebrew is the language it was originally formatted in. The form that we have it in uh, really came to us during the Second Temple period um, when they were taken exile and they wrote it down um, for us. And so we got to realize as we read the scriptures, we are reading something that was not originally written in English. And so that makes it even more fun for us, challenging, but fun, that we get to dive into something that is not our own. And we have to read it. We have to recognize as we read the scriptures, we have to keep in mind that we can't just plug our encyclopedia, our points of view, our background, and we can't plug that into it. It doesn't fit. It wasn't written with that in mind. They were not... 21st century Americans writing about the scriptures. And when we try to plug that in, we read it wrong. Uh, yeah, I could, uh, Aramaic, the question was about Aramaic. Um, Aramaic is a, the language of the Persians. Um, and when... Um, the Babylonians were taken into captivity. Uh, some of the Aramaic, they're both Semitic languages. And actually, as you read, they use the same exact alphabet, but they sound a little different and the grammar's a little different. Which, tell you what, when I took Aramaic, my mind kept going flips because a word that meant this in Hebrew did not mean that in Aramaic, but it looked exactly the same. And it was, it, it was it, you know, so your mind kind of does this flip. And... Uh, but um, but um, the Aramaic works its way into the Bible, especially in the area of Daniel, because that's written in the Persian period. There's some other passages here and there, like Jeremiah 10.10. 10. Why that random passage is in Aramaic, I don't have a good answer for you, but it's in <laughs> Aramaic. The rest of the book is in Hebrew, but that one little passage is in Aramaic. Um, and, uh, uh, but like Daniel is, has a lot of, because it was written during the Persian period. And so that's where that comes in, um, as they were in the Persian period. And we, see, we know, uh, so some of the passages in the Bible that were written later have a lot more Aramaic influences on them. So... That answer your question? You're welcome. All right. 
Hebrew alphabet. Now, the Hebrew alphabet has 22 consonants. Um, so if you're looking at that chart, and of course this is also on your, in the, the Bible app on the notes section. Um, the first letter, it says, uh, you see there on the right hand side, all of these going to read from the right to the left. Right to the left. So you're going to be like, your normal six as English readers, left to right. This reads right to the left. So your brain's going to do a little free. So turn. We start over here. Go right to left. So Aleph is the first letter. That sounds like our letter A. It is not. It is not. That is uh, a consonant in the Hebrew. So that counts as a consonant. It's not a vowel. There are no capitals, no lower cases. It's just it is. There's no cursive, uh, like, you know, Arabic, which will come later on, very cursive language. There's no such thing as uh, cursive. There is a form of Hebrew cursive today, but not, that's not biblical Hebrew. And if you go study Bib, uh, Hebrew today, it, it has similarities to the biblical Hebrew, but it's not biblical Hebrew. There's a lot of things that are different. It's like, consider English. If I go say, well, here's Shakespeare. You learn English. You're going to learn something similar to what we speak today. But it's not really what we speak today. Um, this would be kind of based on it, but it, no one talks that way. I, no one really talked that way then. Um, it, but uh, so but biblical Hebrew is not the same as modern day Hebrew. Um, most Hebrew words, um, well, you know what, before we go any further, let's just, let's just go through these. Um, Aleph. Aleph is a breathing mark. It's, um, it just, it, we would put it as like an apostrophe. It's, it's just a breathing mark. Um, usually it has to do, the reason it's in there is because of the way the, constant, uh, the, the syllables are formed. There's two of these breathing marks. Aleph and Ayan are both breathing marks. And Ayan originally did have a, a sound that I have trouble making. Like a, but everyone just leaves it off. It's just a breathing mark now. Because <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I can't really make that sound. Um, as most people can't, we don't speak that way anymore. Um, um, and, and so, it, but it's a breathing mark. Because the consonants, and we might talk about this not today, but later on as we see, the, con, uh, the, the syllables, it's one consonant, one vowel, one consonant, one vowel, one consonant, except for some, some occasions where there's three, two consonants and a vowel, but mostly it's one consonant and a vowel. So you need a breathing mark to make that syllable division. There will be vowels, but not yet. There are not, these are not written vowels. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, let's go through the cotton consonants first. Next one is bet. Um, 
If there is a dot in it, it is a hard B sound. B. If there's no dot, like the one on this page, it's a V. That's why this has two of them in that row, and they're both labeled on your piece of paper. They have two of them, and they're both labeled two, because it has a dot in it. A dogish is what they call it. A dogish in it. It's a B or a V. Um, and we see this letter in the very first letter of the, the Bible is Bereshit. It's a B sound. Um, and, uh, and we will see that uh, the letter, the word for in is a bet with a, a line underneath it. It's, uh, it's the word for in. Uh, and it will be attached. See, they, don't, they attach words to each other. So like prefixes and suffixes mean different things. And we'll talk about some of that as we go, not today. But uh, it'll, it'll make sense when you see it. The next one is gimel, and that is your G sound. And dalet. Now, when you're reading this, this can often, people get confused with the Dalit, the final cough, and the final noon, and the resh, because a lot of times they, they look a lot alike. And when Jesus says, remember that passage says every jot and tittle, that right? He's referring to the little lines that make the difference between letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Like, the Dalit has a little bitty, like it's written, here, hold on. Yeah, it's got like that little tail right there. That is part of a tittle. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a you know, the, the jot and tittles. That's part of the tittle. That's, that's, that's one of the things that differentiates it. Um, from other things. So when he's re referencing that we, every jot and tittle has to be, it's because he's, he wants clarity, saying we need to, you know, because it's easy for us to, like the resh, like Dalit is here, the resh is here, the noon is here, and so it's, it, they all kind of look the same if you don't know what you're looking for, and especially if you don't have like those little dots and the, 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 the jots and tittles. Uh, so it's, it's very important that we have those little marks on there. Um, so this would be like the word door. Now this one is hey. It is, hey is a soft H sound, like hotel. Sometimes you don't even hear it. And it actually, in some words, it even drops out altogether because it's just so quiet. You don't even hear it. Um, now, it could be at the beginning, in middle, word. it doesn't, you know, but, um, so that's the hey. Uh, it comes at the end of a word a lot. Um, and, uh, and so, but that's the hey sound. The vav. Now, the vav's a fun word, letter. Um, not only does it mean, is it like the letter V, but if you put a little dot in it, and put it at the beginning of a word. That's the word and. <laughs> That's the word and. 
and it will come like Bereshit Va'et or Ubet, and it will come, it will, uh, and you, or you could put a, some cases you won't have the, the little dot in it. Sometimes you will have like a line underneath it, but it's often the word and. Um, and so we'll see that often. It's one of those most common words in the scriptures that we'll see. Uh, it's attached to other things. Uh, um, as in the first, let me, go come back to this. The first sentence in the, he, in the Bible, this is the first sentence in the Bible. Um, see that right there? Um, Let's see. Uh, why is it not attaching it? This one right here is a bay. Uh, the first letter is a bet. Let me just use my pointer here. Uh, my pointer is, there it is. Bereshit uh, bara Elohim, but you probably know what the word Elohim means. Uh, God. So, et hashemayim va'et ha'eretz. So, heavens in beginnings created God. So, so who's doing the creating? God's doing the creating. The uh, see how the hey right there. Has a little line underneath it right there. When the hay has a little line underneath it like that, that's the word the. And it's attached to the other word. So the heavens, Shemayim. And, see there's that word and. The vav often remains and. The the earth. We'll talk about this word here quite a bit in a few weeks. Um, that's a fun word. Um, so, so th- what we're seeing here is, uh, is, is, is so, um, we're going to, I'm going to keep going back to this so you guys can see it. It comes easier if you practice it during the week, you'll actually start to see it. Um, and I'll give you guys, as we start going to other things before we get to the, the Hebrew, I'm going to actually give you some homework so you guys can practice it during the week. <laughs> Uh-huh. Berit. Well, the, the, the word Aleph, yeah. yeah so it's a breathing mark. So if, if I were to write W-A-S, that, um, if you were putting that into, yeah, that would be kind of correct, yeah. Um, this, yeah, it, it's not exactly how it works, but yes, that would be, how, if you were trans putting English into the Hebrew, I can see what you're doing, yes. Right. It'd be like that. Yeah, so it'd be kind of like that, yes. Um, see, like right here, Elohim, this is a breathing mark. It doesn't actually, the first, the letter, it's, the, it's, it's holding the place so the vowel can be first, because you've got to have a consonant and then a vowel. And so we'll talk about the vowels here in a second. But it's consonant and then a vowel. See, all the letters, the vowels are the, these little dots. We'll talk about those here in a minute. Can you just... 
right here. That's a. I'm on the first word. Let's see, better sheets, bara. So we got, and then this word right here. Last word on the second row, yes. Let me see if I can. There we go. I can write on this. Can you guys see that? All right, there we go. Yeah, that's an arrow. Okay, so this is the olive here, and it's holding the place. For the vowel to come first, because that those little dots are the vowel. So L O Heme. Let me erase that. <laughs> Elohim. So and of course we're reading from this direction. Um So, Elohim. So, um, let me clear that out. <coughs> Got to erase it all so we can see what we're doing. There we go. All right, so um, let's keep going through the consonants. I don't, where are we at? We're at, um, we did vav. Vav was the, the uh, not always, but at the beginning of the word, often with little dots underneath it, it means and. All right, so Zion is next. Zion. So Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, He, Vav, Zion, Het, Tet, Yod. Um, the next word is Het. Now this is a hard sound that we don't really have in English. We often put it as like a K-H. Um, K-H or a C with a dot underneath it. Um, I guess I wrote, yeah, uh, that's right. Um, it's a sound that we really don't use in English. <laughs> sound like you're kind of hawking up a loogie there. <laughs> um, we don't really use that sound. Sometimes you'll see it with a ch, but it's not a ch. It's a. <laughs> so when people transliterate it, it's a. <laughs> and so when you're you're saying, it, so when you say it, you have to like. I always have to pause. It's a. <laughs> Because um, it's not something that comes naturally to us. We don't have that sound really in the in the English. We we did when we were like German did, and then uh, there are lots of languages that do. But we've kind of done away with that sound. Um, it's it's not something that we use naturally anymore. So it's um, so, but that's different than the hay. Notice the difference between the hay. The hay has a space. Right here, and the het has no space right here. It's connected. That's the het sound. 
All right, Tet. And Yod. Yod often is connected to one of the vowels, but not always. Um, like the word Yad, it means hand. It begins with the word Yod. It's, yad means hand. Um, so, uh, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. It might say Yod, Yod. Uh, who, remember, these are all trying to get you across the same ideas, different, different ways of saying it. It is dead language. He, biblical Hebrew is considered a dead language, which means no one speaks it anymore as a native tongue. So uh, you might have someone from Israel speak it one way, and they're probably closer to right than, than the guy I learned from in Texas, because he speaks everything with a Texas draw. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, um, so yes, um, but, um, yeah, so it is a dead language. Uh, cough. Now this is another one that has that dogish in it. You have a cough or a cough makes it harder with the dot inside of it. It makes it harder. A lot more of a Sounded closer to the het, but it's a harder case. And it also has what's called a final form. And we'll talk a little bit more about those later. But when certain letters are at the end of a sentence, uh, or end of a word, they take on a final form. When it only takes place at the end of the word. Cough is one of those words. It has a final form. So if it's at the end, it, like, it drops down below, like if you were going to have your line of paper and you were writing on your line of paper, it drops below the bottom line. Um, very, and once again, that's one of those letters that people confuse with the Dalit. You need those jot and tittles because it makes a difference. All right, Lamed. Lamed. Lamed, normal L can be used in, as an L all kinds of ways. In the beginning of the word, in the beginning, if it's added onto a word, let me say it that way, if it's added onto the word, a lot of times it'll mean to, for, or according to. You know, in the Bible where it says to, uh, like uh, the Psalm of David, It'll say this, it'll be this La David. And it'll be like according to the style of David, according to David, according to... We, so it, 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 so it's, it's, it means uh, of David. So we, uh, is it David's direct words or just in the style of David? Or is it... And, and some of that really you know, we, we can argue about and a lot of people do argue about that. But it's uh, because it's by, the Hebrew is not actually really that, cure, that clear. It just says La David. Um, and so, or Dawid, if you want to go closer to the Aramaic. Um, all right, next letter, Mame. 
And it also has a final form, a little more squarish. So that's that final form mame, like that one that looks like that up there. Um, when it happens at the end of the word. Noon. And noon also has a final form. Drops down. See how close that cough and the noon final form cough and the final form noon are? Jots and tittles are important. Uh, noon sonic. Uh, they like their, their, they have a lot of sibilance in, in the, the Hebrew language, a lot of S sounding words, letters. That's uh, often why I have to look up how to spell words because I don't know how to spell them because it could be this letter or that letter, depending on. <laughs> um, and I just haven't memorized them all yet. Summick. And then the next one is ion, and that's one of those also another one of those breathing marks. Often you'll the breathing marks will be this way for olive, and that way for ion. So people will differentiate them by which way they point the the, the breathing mark. You might see them like this. Um, careful with that one because that looks like a. A yod, but um, I forgot to turn my phone on silent. I apologize. Hold on. All right. Um, where were I in? Pay. Now pay also has a, uh, a dot in it. If it's with a dot in it, it's more of a p sound. Without it, it's more of a f sound. Think pH, f sound. So here, on, think on your piece of paper, they use fe. It's more like that pH sound, f. Without the dot, it's more of a f sound. Um, and it has a final form as well which is that letter drops down. Drops down on you. You know, when I was going through Hebrew the first time, we didn't even go over the alphabet. It was they handed it to you and said, let's move on. Um, because we were in college. You're expected just to know these things um, on your own time. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you had a piece of paper, you know how your piece of paper is lined. Yeah, that little loop below it. Yeah. So that the, all the final forms go beneath that line, like the G or the Q or the, or uh, some cases the J, depending on how you're writing. Um, Hebrew doesn't have J sounds, but. Um, yeah. All right. Sade. 
And this is a fun one. Tsare, it's, it's a T-S or T-Z sense. I like tsunami. Uh, and um, we do use this all the time. We just don't have a letter for it. Um, there's lots of, there's several Hebrew, English words that have the T-S sound. Not the S-T, the T-S sound, like tsunami. Um, and, uh, and that's because words like that come from these, these languages that have a, word, a letter for this. Uh, we don't have a letter for this. We, have, we use two to make it up. But um, they have a letter just for that sound. And it also has the, um, the final form so that it uh, drops below. That is ugly. Of course, with my handwriting, it's always ugly. Um, the, uh, and it drops below. And um, notice it's always kind of like where they have like a, a, a line. It always kind of just falls down. That's kind of how it all is. The final forms always just kind of fall down on you. All right, uh, next one. Kof, um, I think it has a K on the sheet I gave you. Might be a Q. It's the k, the queen sound. The k, k. Um, and so I often use it with a Q. I think they use it with a K, but it's, uh, it's that, that sound that we have. K, not qua, k, queen, yeah. Um, kof, k. It's kind of hard for it. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Cove. Um. Reish. A classic R sound. Uh, room. Run. Resh. Uh, Raki. Ruak. Ruach is the word for spirit. Ruach. It starts with the R sound. Ruach. It ends with that hard CH or KH sound. Ruach. Uh, it means breath or spirit or wind, depending on the context. All right. Uh, Sheen and seen. I think I have them backwards in mind than yours has on them. Um, that's okay. Uh, seen, sheen, tav. Uh, the only difference between these, one, if, it's, if the, the dot is on your left-hand side, then it's a seen sound, a s and if it's on the right-hand side, it's a shh, like a shut up or a <laughs> uh, or ship. That uh, yeah, I said P. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that makes the difference is where that dot on the top of that one is, whether it's a scene or a shh. And the last one is Tav. And it, um, 
It's it's also has one of those hard doggishes in it. So t or more of a soft t. Um, and I want to point out as you're looking at that, and look how close the tittle. Look at that chet has no tittle. That makes a big difference. You got a ch versus a t sound. But can you imagine reading on an old document where you're like looking at like wait I don't it can make it it can make some differences. Yeah. That means in the original Hebrew, they didn't have like one Aramaic numbers one, two, three, four, you know? Um, those are Aramaic, Arabic, uh, Arabic letters. Uh, the Romans had their Roman numerals, like that means five, you know? The Hebrews didn't have anything like that, so they would assign, especially by the second temple period, each. Uh, each letter of the alphabet represented a different number. Now, this is where a lot of people get into trouble where because they start assigning, like, well, better sheet. We look at that word. All right, better sheet. Well, if you start assigning numbers to them, well, you got two. Uh, the resh is, uh, I won't have to look because I don't have them all memorized by numerical value. Um, the resh is 200, so then you could add that 202, or do you multiply it, or do you just, uh, you know, what is it, 2 plus 2, 200 plus 2, um, and then you have the olive, which is 1, and then you have the, that's a, a sheet, so that's 300, and, and so people start playing with these numbers, when you start assigning stuff. Now, there are places in the scriptures where it flat out, you're supposed to use like 666, you know, or, or, or whatever. You're supposed to, the numbers, are, because they're, they're using them as numbers and they kind of stand out because they're not words. They're just numbers. And so you're supposed to just, so you, so you kind of, they stand out to you once you start reading it. You're like, wait, that's not a word. Oh, those are the numbers. And so you start seeing them. But then people start playing with these. And I know a lot of people like, um, oh, who's that guy who's really popular in, in the news right now? That uh, He wrote that book on uh, the Harbinger. Khan, uh, I think his name is. Anyways, he plays a lot with the numbers. And a lot of people are playing with this. If you go look at all those books about when the end of the world comes, they start playing with a lot of these numerical values and stuff like that that are in these words. And you can start, really, the problem I have with that is there are some places where it's supposed to be done like that. Like 666 spells out Nero. That's kind of something that's supposed to happen. You know, it's kind of, they're playing with that idea on purpose, and there's some areas that you have to use the numerical values because they're doing that, upon, and, but it's kind of like, boom, we're playing with this. But once you start doing numerical values for everything, and some people do, they go there and well, this is, means this, and this means this, and this means this, and you can start making it mean anything you want it to mean because you start playing with the numerical values. And it just really just kind of goes, people go overboard with it. But that's all of the, but the, the by the second century, uh, they did not, they could count, but they did not have um, 
Notice they also have the letter the zero. There's no zero on there. The idea of null, it's amazing. We take for granted how zero. It's just we all grew up with zero. That was a major event when people discovered the, the idea, the concept of nothing in, a, in mathematics anyways. I mean, we all know what nothing is when we're in real life, but in mathematics, the concept of zero is, is something actually kind of cool. Um, made computers possible. <laughs> um, but... Um, but yeah, so so yeah, so that's what, so they do have a numeric value, and we will see if you if you go through the scriptures, you will see points where that that does stand out, and then of course when you're reading different commentaries, people start playing with that. Um, I'm going to stay away from that for the most part as we go through Genesis chapter one and two and three, because it's just not something that uh, is uh, useful. And uh, we can start making meaning almost anything we wanted it to by that point. So I'm going to stay away from it for the most part. If I see something that I really feel like we need to point out, I will, but probably won't. Um, yeah. Forty-two then. Formed, yeah. Yes, actually, there's... If you go get a uh, Mesoretic text or um, a he different translation of the Hebrew Bible, there's there'll actually be lots of little markings on. Like if you go get um, uh, uh, an academic version of, the, of a Hebrew Bible, we'll put it that way, there'll be lots of writings on the sides that marker over to different words where there's been places because they track every time that there's a mistake. Because there's different types of mistakes that you make when you're copying things landhand. You omit a word, you duplicate a word, you omit a letter, you duplicate a letter, you may put an R instead of a, you know, instead of a D. There's, a, there's different words for all of that, and they mark it all. But once that is in there, they just continue marking it and then keep it the same. So like that Whoever's writing it, that one will write it exactly the same. And they're actually really good, so they don't make as many mistakes like that as we might think. But that does happen. And like, so if you read an academic, well, I'll say academic version of the Hebrew Bible, they'll, you'll see all this writing on the side where like this, in this translation it says this, in this translation it's this, and in this translation it's this, because there's all that kind of stuff does happen. Very cautious. This was sacred work, and you had to be professional to actually create the actual scrolls. There was that was your professional scribal job was to copy over the scrolls. Uh, 
Um, so it was, it was not something like, oh, we, we got some homework to do. Let's give it to this guy to do. You know, because that kind of works, the kind of stuff we'd give the lowest of the low in our society, right? Newbie, come here. <laughs> um, no, only the best of the best would actually be able to copy down the scrolls because it would have been that sacred. So it would have been, um, you would have gone through a lot of practice. And actually, when they first got started, they often did it on broken pottery. Uh, we, we found broken pottery with, with practice alphabets and words on it because they were practicing their writing. And they would do it because paper is something really rare at this time uh, and, and expensive and ink is expensive. So they would practice on broken pottery, you know, like, you know, whatever broken around the house, you would practice on it, you know. And, um, and so we see that in, in archaeological digs. Um, um, this right here, what we're seeing here on this page is like, like a piece of ancient part. This is a piece from the Dead Sea Scrolls over here on this, this side right here. Um, notice, um, notice there's no vowels in it. A lot of times, like what I showed you over here has all those little dots and, and stuff underneath it. Those are the vowel mark markings. Um, they did not have, most of it not, does not have that. Uh, even modern today Hebrew, they don't put that in there. You have to know how it sounds and you have to know the word. So like on the, the sign up there, Ir David, I know what that is because I've, I know the Hebrew, the city of David, Ir David. But if you're not if you're not familiar with the Hebrew, you don't. There's no vowels there. Over here on on, on that one right there, there's no vowels there. Um. And uh, and because you have to know it, but the the Mezrites actually at one point, much later on, started adding the vowels in. That's why you have them above and them below and all that stuff like that is because they started adding that stuff in later because they were forgetting how certain words were going. They were forgetting, how people were forgetting the words. Language was changing. You know, we say language changes every 20 years or so. After so long, you forget what the word originally sounded like or meant. And so you had to start adding in all these vowels. And that's, um, you had to start adding all that in because they, in order to remember it. So, uh, so like uh, uh, the Masoretic text do have all the vowels because it's, it's designed to bring that up. Um, so it's written, ancient, it was written um, without vowels. Um, Correct pronunciation was actually based upon oral tradition handed down from generation to generation. Um, the vowel system was devised in the period between 500 and 1000 AD, so after Christ, for the purpose of preven preserving the oral tradition. Um, a text without the vowels is called unpointed. Or a text with it is called a pointed text. Um, synagogue scrolls today, along with most books, magazines, newspapers, and modern Hebrew are written, are unpointed. So without the vowels. 
But everything I show you will have the vowels <laughs> for the most. Well, not, not everything, but most part. Um, let's talk about some of those vowels. Um, if you look underneath the words, like, you know, let's go back to that better sheet. But uh, all these little dots underneath, here and here and here, all these things down here are all vowels. Those are all vowels underneath all that. Some of them are above. Like this one right here is above. Um, but they're all because they come in later on. So you just put them in above and below. And that's how it's written. Um, so like the uh, comets, uh, commutes. Uh, can you see that one? Okay, yeah. It's on the, uh, underneath it. Um, oops, wrong. This one right here is um, underneath the, the letter is a, uh, an A sound. Um, just like this one. It's a, more of a long sound, a ah uh, sound, like A sound, like, and uh, uh, <sighs> hooray. Um, you got more of a long A sound. Cake. There you go. Very good. Um, and then the one that has just a line underneath it, that's a ptach, and that's a, uh, a short A, like uh, apple. Ah, uh, sound. Um, now, there is an O sound that looks exactly like the long A sound. And there's rules that you, and I'm not going to get into that, but there's rules that you can tell which one is which based on the grammar and, the, and whatnot. And not really that important to you guys. Um, that uh, is, is an O, uh, but it's a ho, ho um, and kind of has more of an ah uh, with the O sound. Um, so, anyways, the um, the uh, three dots. That's a segal. Oh, I forget the the I. I'm going on your piece of paper, trying to find your piece of paper. Uh, the the single dot underneath it is a uh, an I sound. The three dots is an E sound, like a soft E. Uh, do, 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 do. If it has the yod on it, it's it's a it's a harder I sound. Um, or a E. Um, um, often more we would put two E's together on that one in our English language, but it's considered an I. Um, well, that makes sense, I guess. Um, I'm not a linguistic, so I don't know exactly how all that works. But <laughs> um, but um, 
Yeah, so we have the O's, the U's. Um, the U's there are not to be confused with the and or the U's often take place at the... Uh, the U can actually, uh, in some cases, it'll be the and. That's how it'll be written, is, is with a U. And uh, it's, uh, it's a fun one. Um, but that's with a Vav in it as well. Um, that's the... Uh, the Holum... The O right here, sometimes it has the vowel with it, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just there. Like if we go back over here to this one here, um, notice the hole I'm here, this little dot over top of, right beside the L. Um, Elohim. There's no vob with it. In other cases, you might see a vob right there. Uh, it has to do with the constant, the the syllable division. If sometimes it drops out because it doesn't make sense to say it that way. Remember, this is all based on pronunciation first. So it's all based on how it sounds. And then the people that were writing it down were trying to make sense on pen and paper how to make it sound. So it, sometimes it gets a little confusing because they were trying to make a sound fit with the rules and the good rule about the Hebrew and, and like we're not going through all the, the, the grammar and stuff like that so you don't have to know this but a good rule with the grammar of the Hebrew is for every rule there's an exception to the rules <laughs> um, so uh, it will it is definitely um, so you know but for the most part you can say for the most part um, what time is it? I want to finish something real quick so we don't have to come back to this. Those are the final forms. I already went through those. Um, I guess we could save this one for next week. Uh, what was that word right there? Sin, no close. Sound it out, go spell it out in, in, in English. So we already said this is an S. What's the next one? V or a B, right? And what's the next one? T. Sabbat, Sabbath. That's the word Sabbath. There's no vowels in that one, yeah. Yeah, there's some. Um, I'll tell you what, we're out of time. I'm going to come back to this one, and then we're going to go on to the next set of slides. And I want to talk about this real quick because it's kind of cool as we talk about the different Hebrews. So next week, we're going to come back to this, um, the, the root words, and then we're going to go on to the next idea. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to mark that, that we're right there. And then I'll have to... Absolutely. 
Um, yes, it's much easier to use the, until you know the let words, it's much easier if you have the vowels on there. That's why most stuff I'm going to show you is going to look like that. <laughs> All the vowels are on there. As we talk about the first letter of the Hebrew, we're going to talk about this one and what it means, and this one and what it means, and this one and what it means, and this one's awesome, and this one and what it means, and this one what it means, and this one what it means, and we'll do that all separately. Um, but that'll be in probably three or four weeks when we get to that one. <laughs> um, as we tear this down. But we're going to have some homework as we go through stuff and, uh, and whatnot. So we're going to come back to this letter, this word right here uh, as we go through root, root words and see. And then we will come back and play with uh, cosmology and our own encyclopedias next week. Any questions before we go? We've got two minutes. All right, I know you've got to process some of that material. It's a process. I'll give you some homework next week so you can play with it. Um, I think most people, yeah, I could easily go for two to three hours, um, but I think most people have a schedule that they like to keep on, so especially as it gets closer to uh, end of summer and they like to get home before the dark gets too much, so. Anything else? Uh, what kind of paper? Oh, uh, depends on the time period it's written on. Sometimes, a lot of times the earlier stuff was written on clay. Um, and then it, later on, it has more of a, there's papyrus or wood, uh, some kind of paper form, different, uh, depending on where you're at. Uh, Egypt had papyrus, so a lot of stuff that had that. And later on, stuff had more of a, what we know as paper kind of form. And uh, What? Leather. Yeah, leather, copper, some, there's some. Israel never really becomes great. At the writing on metals um, that I've seen in history, and someone may prove me wrong, but I've never seen it. There are some examples of it. Uh, most of it's, uh, they wrote it on wood, and then they hammered the metal over top of it. Um, so that's uh, like a gold covering. They hammer the gold over top of it in a, a plate sheet, um, which is kind of cool. All right, well, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father God, Lord, we praise you today. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful blessing. We pray that, Lord, as we just look at your, your word, that we just uh, separate ourselves from ourselves and just focus in on you and, uh, and what you're showing us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.